of you guys that don't know, that's a song by Biggie. You know. We've been doing this Catholic series. It got a little juicy, and so we've played the song Juicy by Biggie. Oh, so let's pray. God, I thank you for uh, today. Lord, I thank you, Father, that this church does not exist for any human person. Father, that this church exists because of the powerful name of Jesus. And because of the powerful name of Jesus, we can send a team down to elevation, and we can invite others to worship with us and to lead us in worship, all directing this whole group of people towards the one name that matters, Jesus Christ, Father. Thank you for you. Thank you for sending your son. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being a reason to gather. <laughs> Thank you for empowering this service in your name. Amen. So up on the screen, if you guys know me, if you've been here for a little bit, uh, you would know that I grew up in New England, uh, and so I'm a big New England sports fan. Uh, and so this is a picture of my kids' uh, bedroom, and you'll see the, the Red Sox. They're not in the playoffs. They're not currently being the Twins like the stupid Spankies. And, uh, and you'll notice the Bruins, they just started uh, one of the World Series things. My kid is into dinosaurs, go Sox. But then you'll notice something right here that, that seems... That seems out of place and offensive. <laughs> and, and, and that's like, my kids have grown to love the, the stupid eagles. And, and I'm like, that's fine. You can love the eagles, but I will never pay a dime towards any of your habits. And so they went to, they went to their uh, school, and they had, it was like book club day or something, and they earned some extra money to get some books. And I was like, cool, get all the books you want. That's a good thing. But then Brady, Brady, named after the greatest quarterback of all time, comes home with this poster, and I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, what is this? And he says to me, it's a Deceen Jackson poster. I was like, oh, some big fan you are. It's Deshaun Jackson, not Deceen. This is wildly offensive to me because of the tradition in my house that my house will be a Red Sox home. Now, I can take this crazy spiritual places and, and say, like, okay, well, if I want to love my kids and build a relationship with them, then I will celebrate the Eagles and we'll watch Eagles games together. Blech. I could go that route. That's the route Ava wants me to go. Or I could sit down with my kids and say, boys, if you love the Father's heart, you will love what the Father loves. And they will look at me and say, Pastor Jason, which they always do, and it's never a compliment. <laughs> Where do we take tradition? <laughs> we can spin this any way we want, can't we? <laughs> and can't we spin tradition any way we want it? We're having this series because some of us have come out of churches or denominations or religious groups that are, 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 are soaked in tradition. What do you do with tradition? Is the tradition that you grew up with, is it leading you to the heart of the Father or is it leading you away from the Father? Are you looking at your traditions that... I have, I, if I read my Bible every single day out of tradition, if I go to church every single Saturday, Sunday, Monday, every single day of the week, if I, if I say this prayer, if I do this tradition, 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 I will earn access to God. God will look at me, and because of everything I do, I will be pleased. He will be pleased in me. Does God, does God want your heart or your tradition? Now, we would say, every single one of us would say, we know he wants our heart. But yet we fall prey to the tradition trap. A good tradition is a tradition that leads us to the heart of the Father, Jesus Christ. 
And so here's what Jesus had to say on the matter as we, as we continue our series. He says, then the Pharisees and the scribes. Now, now this is a passage in Matthew, and, and there is the context of this is that Jesus has, has started to ruffle some feathers. People, he's, he's gained an, an audience, and, and because some people don't really like it, they send some of these that, the higher-ups. These are the people that would be in the know. These are the, the highest level of leaders in, in the church that they would know of it. Highest level leadership. Came to Jesus from where? Jerusalem. The religious hub. They knew tradition in Jerusalem and they ask a question why now they're traveling miles these are two different regions that they have traveled from and to so they've been going for some time they've been traveling maybe for days and with their burning question you see this they're asking a question here's what they're about to say is what's been eating at them Jesus we had we've been sent from the leaders of Jerusalem we have this question to ask you here's the here's the question on the tip of their tongues do your disciples not Jesus do your disciples why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? Not the tradition of God's word. <laughs> the tradition of the elders. Why? Because they saw that the tradition of the elders was of greater value than the word of God. Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elder elders? They do not wash their hands when they eat. <laughs> That's the question. <laughs> You've been traveling for miles, and you want to come to Jesus and be like, yo, your homeboys, they ain't washing before they eat. That's what's burning? That's what's eating at you? Pun intended? <laughs> Throughout history, religion always attaches significance to ritualistic acts. This is where, this is where I, I, can, I can do, do, do. And here's, here's the problem with tradition. Tradition would say that a hardened unbeliever, somebody that rejects the name of Jesus, can go and can do and can do and can do because if I reject Jesus, maybe I've done enough where if I'm all wrong at the end of the day, I maybe have done enough hoping to have accomplished what needs to be accomplished. A hardened unbeliever can go through all the traditions of the church and not find Jesus. And so they come to Jesus with this question. Jesus, if, if you are going against a rabbi, that in that culture, that was, that was a greater, that was a, that was a higher punishable crime than, than breaking the word of God. And so Jesus has ruffled the feathers of the locals. They send for these religious leaders. They come asking, why aren't your disciples... Not you, Jesus. Why, why aren't your disciples, I'm worried about your followers, why aren't they washing their hands? Now, you and I might think, like, well, yeah, we ask our kids to wash their hands, the germs and stuff, that makes sense. That's not why this is such a big deal. For them, this was a big deal because of the ritual. Because if you were considered unclean, if your hands touched anything under, unclean before you eat, you would eat, you would wash your hands so that you could eat your, eat your food in a clean, religiously clean manner. One rabbi insisted this from the time, to, uh, time period. Whoever had his abode in the land of Israel and eats his common food with rinsed hands may rest assured that he shall obtain eternal life. What? You can wash your hands and, oh, nirvana, you got it. Is that really, is, is that, that's why? Now, I've been a part of different church leaderships before, and I've, I've seen a tradition play out. I've been on, on the highest level of a church leadership and, and had, had to sit at the table with a leader that says, uh, and we're talking about funding and funding different missions, and he's saying, well, I've always been a part of a church that has funded this mission. 
And so this church will fund this mission. And we're debating, right, but this mission is dying. This mission has, has lost its influence. Here's another mission that could, that could benefit from the money and can do more with it. No, but I've always been a church, part of a church that has funded ministry this way, and so we will do that. And he won the team over, and we supported a dying mission. I've been part of churches that would debate, like gather all the people together <laughs> and debate. If we should pass a plate around, like for offering, you guys, we don't do that. You guys don't even know that it's going, what we mean by that. Like that's debated in some churches. If you should pass a plate for offering, rather, why don't you just help people fall more in love with Jesus? And then they, they're, they're not going. They're going to want to be generous with their resources. I've been a part of a church. I've pastored. A, I've been as a pastor in a church where it came time to pass around communion and the plate and things of that nature, and they didn't have enough people stepping up to pass it around. So as a pastor, I stepped up, and they told me, sit down, <laughs> because I wasn't dressed well enough. They're like, you're not, you, <laughs> you don't dress like you should to pass around the, like, dress, and then they asked somebody else, and I was like, that homeboy is what you got to, like, I know that homeboy. Like, dress only. <laughs> Tradition has a way of making things a big deal that shouldn't be a big deal. And so when we think about tradition, when we think of what is of principle to us, what is informing us? Are we being informed by, by the world and principles of the world? Or are we being informed by tradition? Are we being informed by the word of God? What, what should shape my view on this world is not my tradition. What should shape my view on this world is the view of God as laid out through his scripture. So, so when it comes time to think about marriage, what view do you hold? Are you looking at marriage through the lens of, of Scripture? When it comes time to think about drinking, are you, are you thinking about that through the lens of Scripture? When it comes time to think about, about sexuality, are, are you looking at it through the lens of Scripture? When it comes time to think about your finances, are you, are you looking at that through the lens of Scripture? Because at the end of the day, I, I don't want to hold a conservative view. At the end of the day, I don't, I don't want to hold a, a liberal view. At the end of the day, I don't want to hold a traditional view as I think through life. At the end of the day, here's the only view in my life that truly matters, a biblical view. And so when you and I deal with these social issues, we're so tied up, we're so attached to the view in which we hold. It's about time the church says, this is the view that matters, and everything else can play out as it plays out. And so this is where Jesus goes. And he answered them, his own question, and why? Jesus doesn't debate them. He doesn't, he doesn't like, he says why. He asks them their own question. Why do you break the commandment of God? Where does Jesus put importance? Not tradition, the word of God. <laughs> For the sake of your tradition. For God commanded, honor your father and your mother. Whoever reviles father or mother most, will most surely die. But you say, if anyone tells his father or his mother, what you have gained from me is given to God. And he, he need not honor his father. So for the sake of your tradition, you have made, made the va uh, void the word of God. Jesus never denies their accusation. Jesus never says, oh yeah, no, they're, no, they're actually washing, you just haven't seen it. He, he, he draws their attention to the validity or the, how invalid their accusation is. The fact that you're bringing this up says it all. It reveals your heart. He dismisses their question as irrelevant. 
Because that's what tradition will do. Tradition will bring out, like, really, what is of relevance. And so he, he mentions a, something here that is around the word Corbin. That he, when he uses the word gift here in, in the text, it's this word Corbin. Here's the tradition that had grown in Israel in that day. They, they would say, okay, if this is all of my possessions, if I say, Corbin, Corbin, that means I'm devoting it to God. This all belongs to God now. It doesn't belong to me. That's a good thing. But if I make a vow to God, I can't break that vow. So when mommy or daddy comes and says, I'm struggling, it's time for you, I've taken care of you, it's time for you to take care of me, I, I, need, I need you to help me. Sorry, I said it's all Corbin, it belongs to God, I actually don't have anything now, I can't give it to you. Rabbis would actually forbid you giving to another what you have dedicated to God. But then here's the tradition that grew up out of Israel. The, the rabbis would say, well, if you just said Corbin, 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 over and over again, and eventually you could have that, those possessions back. They created a tradition that could gain their, tr their possessions back. And Jesus looks at them and says, surely the ones that are coming from Jerusalem, they know the big ten, the ten commandments. <laughs> they know that they're breaking honor thy father and thy mother. <laughs> they know that it's punishable by death. But yet they've, they've grown a tradition that would say our tradition is of greater value than the word of God. Why? For my selfish gain. And for those that are following, what's the practice of really traditional people? What's an argument of many churches that you have come out of? I didn't know what the word of God says. Because when tradition is obviously against the word of God and you want to build a following, you don't teach them the word of God. God, because they don't then know how to apply the word of God. Our tradition must bow before the word of God. Our hearts must yearn for the heart of Jesus. We, we live, it's fall. It's turned, this, this, now this October feels like fall now. There's traditions with fall. I don't know if you guys have ever checked out Pinterest, but there are plenty of traditions for families. Uh, uh, these are, you can scroll through these as I'm talking. These are, I went through a tradition yesterday. A, like, let's go apple picking. I'm like, cool. It's college football Saturday. So we go, we go, we go apple picking. And, if, and the tradition is that everybody, and I saw this lived out, everybody that picks an apple must wear flannel so they all stop at Old Navy they buy their flannel and they all go and pick apples in their flannel even if it's like 85 degrees they're gonna pick these apples in flannel and so they go there because because Ava wanted to go we pick apples we do all this it's fun like I could see her just like taking pictures and just like lighting up because she she maybe not didn't get this when she was a kid so now she's picking apples with her family she's lighting up she's taking the picture it's all over social media it brought joy to Ava's heart to see her family enjoying the day. It brought joy to Ava's heart to go with Brady in the afternoon and make uh, applesauce. It brought joy to her. She, she paused and said to me, my fall heart is full. And I was like, you don't know that you just became a sermon illustration. <laughs> because here's the difference between our two hearts. I'm going into the situation. I don't, I'm not fueled by those same things. I'm going into the situation saying there's a whole bunch of traffic at this Battleview place that we went to. It's about a 45, 50-minute drive with traffic. Parking is a nightmare. <laughs> we have people flying all over the place. And I tried telling my kids, you know what the battle was? Did you know there was a Battle of Monmouth? And they're like, oh, I don't care. And I was like, well, I'm going to tell you anyways. There was. 
I wanted to educate them, but no, they didn't want to hear it. And we get there, and they're like, there's a sign that says, the bucket that you fill up this big. And when you go with three little kids, each one of them wants to fill a bucket. Each bucket, once all filled up, costs about $40. So your tradition, I have to make it rain, finances, and it's cash only. And then the whole time I'm looking, I'm like, Ava, Notre Dame is on at 3.30. We got to get back for Notre Dame. My fighting Irish are playing. They're going to win today. The whole time, I'm looking at it with a much different heart that was going to ruin the day. Thankfully, I didn't say any of this to her. Now I'm only saying it in the sermon. <laughs> but tradition has a way of making people stingy. Tradition has a way of, of hoarding and keeping me the focus. A generous person looks at the heart of the Father and wants to be generous. I've seen this in the church. I told you guys this when we did our financial series. One of the, one of the most powerful moments of my life of, of realization, if you will, is when somebody called me up and, and said, Jason, you, start, you need to start appeasing the older people in your church. <laughs> and she's like, I've been there for three weeks, and, and you really need to appease the older people because they're going to be your biggest givers. And so I was on the phone. I, had my, I, had, I have an iPhone. I looked it up. I was like, no, actually, our top giver is 29 years old. And she kept talking a big game. I got off the phone, and, and, and I looked it up. She never gave a dime. She's coming at me telling me how my church should be generous while she's hoarding every single penny she earns after talking a big game. Stingy people typically are sometimes the more traditional people. Generous people need to fall more in love with the heart of God. What's the attitude with these Pharisees? Hoard. What's the attitude with these Pharisees? Keep people in the dark. What's the attitude with these Pharisees? They don't value what God values. And when I think about my finances, what I want to do with my finances is I don't want finances to dictate what I value. I want my value system to dictate my finances. And so the question for us as we think of this word Corbin is does your family know you to be generous? Do your friends and your family know you to be generous? Do your co-workers know you to be generous? Does your church know you to be generous? At the heart of what God is doing here, does God know you to be generous? Do you have to try to sell him on your generosity? Or does he genuinely know you to be somebody who is generous? And so here's, here's, where, God, here's where Jesus finishes up this, this debate with them. He says, you hypocrites. Very blunt, very true. You hypocrites. You, well, uh, well did Isaiah prophesy of you. When he said, these people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. You know who loves tradition? Satan. You know why Satan loves tradition? It's because people so far from God can fake a heart from God while never actually having a heart for God. Hypocritical traditionalism goes through the mechanics it goes through ritual while never seeking a pure and sincere heart before God. And so he brings out what Isaiah said. They're saying, they're singing, they're praising, they're saying how much they love me. But I'm looking at what they're doing and there's nothing there that would prove it. Hypocrites. Everything about tradition is accomplished to make man the center of it. It's self-serving. Tradition doesn't require faith. It just requires that you do, 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 and do. Where's the faith in that? And so he calls their worship vain. Looking at these religious leaders and saying, you're at the center of all the tradition. Why are you at the center and not the heart of God? And so Jesus condemns them, not because of their tradition, where they didn't seek grace. 
If you want to gravitate towards the heart of the Father, you would know. He said, when you're saying do, 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 he said it is finished. He said it is all done at the cross. You're seeking tradition to gain the Father's heart and instead of saying you have the Father's heart and everything flows from that place. That is good tradition. I have disciplines and, 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 and that I would say those are good. Disciplines are good when they bring you to the heart of the Father, but a tradition that is opposed to the heart of, of the Father, what good? is that have traditions have disciplines own those live those when they bring you to the heart of the father jordan lives with me jordan our, our youth guy lives with me and you know what he when he went shopping that first time when he was with me for he went grocery shopping he came back with everything a college student would come back with everything that was like nothing healthy came back with him when he went to walmart and so now after living with me his diet has changed a little bit he eats a little bit more like i would eat he had no schedule he didn't even know that the Google Calendar existed. Now he has a fixed schedule where he, where he knows what he's doing each day of the week. Like, I have a fixed schedule. He, he budgets like, he has a budget. He didn't have a budget before. Now he has a budget. Now he knows where his money can go and where it shouldn't go. He even gives to the church now. He, he looks a lot like me. But you know what? In my discipline, I can become a pharisaical jerk. <laughs> because I am so proud when people live like me. But people can live like me and miss the heart of God. Jordan has all of those things, but Jordan could die and never have gained the heart of the Father. What's the win? The win is somebody gains the heart of the Father and sees changed life flowing out of that. That is poetic. That's what we talked about last week. That is what I hope for for Jordan. That's what I hope for for our church. These religious leaders, there was a big divide over how they handled the word of God. Is this of primary importance or isn't it? That's what Jesus says is the central problem that we're talking about today. What do we make of this and do we see God's heart flowing out of what we make of this? And so what is the heart of your love? What do you value most in, in your life? What is the loudest word in your life? Our big thought for the morning is that a tradition that devalues the heart is devalued by God. If our tradition is to devalue the heart of God, God devalu devalues the tradition. Our traditions, our disciplines should lead us to the heart of the Father. People wanted to keep their traditions. They wanted to focus on self. And what Jesus does through this whole conversation, and he, he reveals their heart and what is of most importance importance what he says should be of most important to us is our worship of him don't worship in vain if you're going to worship me with your wealth your mouth worship me in your actions if you're going to worship me with your actions then you must understand the why that's what we have we've been doing this for the last few few weeks the last year love one love all to go into the community and hand out these cards god loves you and so do me what's on the back of it www.theY.one. Why is this important? For that exact reason. We're doing this to show love and kindness to people so that they will in turn ask the question. And if they don't have time to ask us the question, they'll see it on a card, they'll go to this website, and they'll see the gospel. We want them to understand the why. But as I challenged you last week to give out these cards, if we forget the why, they'll never want to understand the why. Because they'll see a group of people that have to go out and love, have to buy some gum, have to tip big, have to do certain things. We first have to understand the why, to understand why we are doing it. They'll see us faking it. And so that's my challenge to you and I today is that we would question our why. What are the traditions and the disciplines of your life? I challenge you this week to question them. Have you lost your joy to serve? Why do you serve? 
Have you lost your joy to come to church? Why do you come to church? Have you lost your joy to give? Why do you give? Are you mad that there are certain traditions that you grew up with that aren't being done here? Well, why does that tradition hold such a, uh, a heavy, heavy, uh, hold you so tight? What is behind that tradition? The why behind what we do, we should, we should cling to. What we, what, we should, what we should gravitate towards is what is the cry of my heart? Is that known in what I say and what I do? Let me, let me tell you about two people that I promised them I wouldn't use their name. They gave me permission to share their story but not their name. So I'm going to name them uh, Tomica and Brady. So this is Tomica and Brady. A few of you saw what I did there. All right. They've been having a really, really hard week. And here's what they would say about their hard week. Uh, ben, you guys can come up here. Uh, here's what they say about their hard week. We've had car issues. Uh, within the last three weeks, uh, we've had three car issues, I'm sorry, in the last two weeks. I have a family member, a close family member, diagnosed with cancer. My kids are sick, and night terrors for one of our sons went away three years ago, but now, for three days in a row, they have come back, and, and my, my husband, Brady, started a new business, business and we've seen um, un, unexpected uh, hardship through starting the business. And so I asked them, then, how have you seen God move? And here's what Tomica and Brady said. They said our church family recognized our needs and insisted that we accept help that we did not want to accept. Also, friends within our church reached out via text and let us know uh, that they were uh, praying for us and that was really encouraging us at just the right times. They comforted us and they even reached out to our kids and brought positivity to our kids and spoke a truth into our kids' lives as well. They had traditions and habits. Traditions and habits that they would be part of a life group. Where, where now when life hit the fan, they were part of a life group that guided them towards the heart of the Father. They had certain traditions and habits in their life so that when life hit the fan, they had kids over in a well kids ministry inv being invested into by adults. And when life hit the fan, now they're saying, man, life is hard. And now they have adults saying, let me show you the heart of the Father. Let me guide you towards the heart of the Father. That is what a good tradition, a good discipline will do. It will guide us towards the heart of the Father so that at the end of the day when life hits the fan whether it's our tradition or life hitting the fan we can look at God and say God your voice is of worth. God you are of value. God you are above all things and so we are going to close with the song It Is Well declaring both in hardship and both in and when we are facing hardship that we are going to declare God your voice above any other voice let's sing. Thank you for checking out a sermon recorded right here at Wellspring Church in Tom's River if it's your first time connecting with us, we'd love to stay connected with you. So don't forget to like and subscribe to this video. And then down in the description box below, there's ways to give online. There's our social media accounts. We'd love to stay connected with you throughout the week. We love and appreciate you. And we hope you have a fantastic week.